2: Plus. Hi, everybody, it's Fowler here once again to tell you about Manscaped, but it's different this time. No, I'm not talking about freshly shaven balls, I'm talking about their new Weed Whacker. That's right. Manscaped have just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer in the UK. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see those hairs sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean shaven pubes. Now, I don't, well, as far as I'm aware, I don't have a problem with ear hair. I don't necessarily have a problem with nose hair either, but I do get them. Uh, they're more kind of a discomfort than anything else. So I, I, I hate when, especially since I suffer from hay fever and can get like a bit of an irritating nose sometimes, I hate the fact that when I have some, some nose hairs just hanging around. And I, do, I, I don't I do like to go up there with scissors, so I do just tend to try and pull them out. It is, uh, it's painful. It always makes me sneeze. It makes my eyes water. It's, it's not a good look, and I, I, I certainly w- would benefit from this product. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides propriety skin safe technology, which means it helps prevent nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate little areas. It is the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you can get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, everyone, 79% of partners polled have admitted that long nose hair is, is a major turnoff. And I think you can only agree with that, surely. I mean, nobody, nobody likes to look at it. It's, it's very off-putting. It's, it's, it's not pleasant at all. Just get get those whacked. And in order to help you do that, we're offering 20% off with free shipping when you use the code terrace at manscaped.com. So once again, let's get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code terrace at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code terrace. What are you waiting for? Get those weeds whacked.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Telfer and this evening I am joined once again by my close associate, Mr. Sean (laughs) McGuinness. Sorry. Hello there. Sean McGuigan. Sorry, for those who don't know, that's an in-joke. Remember reading a thing, you should never start a podcast with an in-joke because it alienates people. But when when Sean and I are filming a a view from the Terrace, we get a, a call sheet sent out with all the various bits and pieces, like lunch and so on, and for the past four weeks, on the lunch sheet, Sean has been written down as Sean McGuinness. And there's a sticker on his lunch that says Mr. Sean McGuinness as well.
0: <laughs> that, uh, that, that was not the worst thing that, that transpired from, uh, for this
1: week's lunch, though. So. Might as well, say what happened to this week's lunch? You ever, you ever one of your mates have ever absolutely done you? My oh, yeah, mates absolutely done you. Yeah. Well, the, the 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 lunch the, the lunch it was lasagna and it was so-so. It was fine, it's fine what it was, but it was just a, just a wee bit bland. It could have done with a bit more seasoning. And our producer Andy said to us said, to, said I said to myself and, and and Sean, what do you think of the lunch? And we were like, ah, it's, it's all right, it's, it's it's a wee bit bland. And then you just hear this metallic clanking noise, and it was the woman who brings in the lunch. Uh, it was right, literally, literally right behind us. Uh, it was absolutely mortifying. I tried to carry on as if uh, nothing had happened, but but we knew. And, and as soon
0: as soon as I heard that the metallic clang, I knew I knew that was her. I knew that she'd returned to, to pick up the empties, and you and me were, were slagging off the lunch that she'd lovingly prepared and, and delivered to, to the to the studio. And my only hope was that for some reason the cameraman was was maybe cleaning up. Or or the sound guy was was maybe cleaning up for some reason, but no, no, it was it was it was absolutely her. I felt horrendous.
1: We won't have to worry about our food never not being seasoned again because it's going to be seasoned with saliva next time. That's what you deserve for being cheeky. So I'm sure next time Sean and I are on a podcast together, you can hear more about our adventures uh, and that. But we're not here. We're not here to talk about lunch or, or food or revenge or vengeance. You know, or people feeling let down. Ungratefulness—you know—a whole, a whole gambit of emotions that, that people are feeling there. We are here to talk about lower league Scottish football. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. it's <laughs> been another,
0: it's been a, another, uh, another fantastic week. There's been some, uh, there's been some very, very funny games. One in particular. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where you want to
1: start. Where, where do you want to start? You know, Sean, we'll start. We'll probably start with. You know what, we might as well start at the very top. We'll go to the top of the Championship and we'll start at um, Dunfermline Athletic uh, beating Queen of the South 3-2. We're going to approach this podcast as we've done the previous one, Sean and I were on. We'll take two games from the Championship, two games from League 1 and two games from League 2. We'll talk about the games, talk a wee bit about the the narrative and how they fit in with the rest of the division and uh, see if there's any conclusions we can draw after Week 3. But we'll start at East End Park where Dunfermline Athletic beat Queen of the South 3-0. Fair result? Uh, well, they didn't win 3-0. Three. I'm, going to, I'm going to say that again. We're going to start once again at East End Park where Dunfermline Athletic beat Queen of the South 3-2. Fair result? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes,
0: aye. The Dunfermline the, the is a strange team in that they are... So I probably expected them to to start the season. And in terms of the the squad that they'd assembled, in terms of the, the fixtures they had at the start of the season, I expected them to have between... Seven nine points i don't know if their performances have been as as good as I expected them to be I think they they thoroughly deserve to be inverness on mm-hmm. opening Day they probably deserve to be Aloha, but i think f- I think four one flattered them I think the yeah. and I appreciate the substitutions are part of the game, but uh the Kevin O'Hara substitution totally changed that that game around and, and Aloha were, were probably given as, as good as they got on yeah. on that day and then at the weekend they are They deserve to beat Queen of South, but what I would say is they uh, they didn't play particularly well in the second half, and they didn't create very much in in open play. So their goals came from the penalty spot and and two corners, and they they didn't carve them open from open play at at all. And bear in mind, I'd I'd watched Queen of South play Wraith the week before, and Wraith did cause them a a lot of ball for open play. So I presumed their family would do something similar, and they... I'm not saying they struggled. It might have been. it might have been. That they, they, they kind of took things a wee bit for granted after half time, But they they, aye, they, they deserve to win. But it wasn't as comfortable as I
1: expected it to be. There was a strange bit in the highlights. There was a, a, a my, my experience in this game is from watching the highlights from Dunfermline TV, which were very, very good. If they had a wee bit of commentary in them, that would that would really kick them on a level because the, the quality of the production is is fantastic from the pars. But a moment during the highlights, there must have been about. 40 seconds, 45 seconds up to a minute of passing, of this sequence of passes that that, that Dunfermline made. And when you see that sort of thing that highlights a long passing sequence, you immediately, you you know, you've watched highlights long enough that you can begin to make assumptions. And you're assuming there's going to be a fantastic, uh, this is going to end with a goal. This is going to end with a fantastic save. It didn't really end with anything. The ball seemed to just go into the final third. And then the move broke down. And it's like, oh, well, that's uh, that's nice, and it seemed for me that seemed to sort the game itself. Where Dunfermline were the better team, but they didn't really do much. I don't necessarily think Ron Ferguson was all that tested in, in the goal. It just seemed very like quite straightforward for them. It was though. It was a
0: a good example of a team that is very good at set pieces. Mm-hmm. in
1: Dunfermline versus a team that is dreadful at set pieces in, in Queen of South. I'm glad you picked up on the set pieces. Obviously, you're going to pick up on the set pieces given that they scored two of their goals. them. But I, I thought it was it was great watching Dunfermline set pieces. I mean, like you look at Ewan Murray, for instance, who is guaranteed to be the championships player of the, the, the month after after those performances that he's turned in. five Five goals for the season already, all of them effectively carbon copies of one another. And he scored after, I think it was just after 20 minutes. And you can see what, what him and Paul Watson have, are doing. There's a huddle of players in the middle of the penalty spot. Paul Watson and Ewan Murray hang out behind them. And you've got Dom, Dom Thomas is playing the dead balls. Dom Thomas, fantastic left foot, can, can really like pit them in with power. And they're hanging back. And when the balls kicked in, they, they sort of split up on each other, run into that crowd. and and run through and that's certainly that's where the first goal came from albeit good set piece tactics from Dunfermline terrible defending from Gregor Buchanan I mean he he was
0: touched tight as Dom Thomas struck the ball and then by the time the by the time and Murray met with his head there was probably about a yard and a half between them And, and bear in mind like you know that this is what you know that Ewan Murray has had a huge amount of success this season for Deferman. So the fact that he is the main man that you have to watch at corners and you allow him, essentially by the time he got to the ball, a free header. It's terrible. And I think I think Queen of South had about eight players either in or around the six-yard box mm-hmm. and none of them were really doing anything. I mean, they've had such a poor track record of defending set pieces this season and last season. They they don't defend. They don't have any man. They don't have men on either post, which is an unusual thing to do. And they just they, they just seem incapable in of of dealing with set pieces or, or even cross balls in general.
1: The same thing happened. The second goal, sorry, the, the third goal, Paul Watson's goal was 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 different but similar circumstances where you've got Murray and and Watson outside the box, and it's uh, Obelai that is marking um, Paul Watson, but he seems Paul Watson seems to just like like somebody passing through a crowd in a, in a shopping centre just moves <laughs> into this crowd in the middle and, and then frees himself into space. And the ball does come down. It's like, I think it gets kicked against him and it breaks and he's got the chance to, to shoot. But in fact, nobody was marking him. And you can talk about like ricochets in the box and it just, the, the ball can fall and whoever reacts the quickest can score. But Obelay completely lost him because he allowed him to, to pull away. I don't know if you noticed it, but and just before Don Thomas put the ball in for Watson's goal, Murray has got his arms around Watson and he's like, he seemed to whisper something into his ear. And then the pair of them go in, and it's Buchanan that's trying to take Murray, and Obelie is taking Watson, and it, and it fails. And it's, I think, how do we describe it? It's a, a cheat code for Dunfermline almost. because I, I mean, they've I, they've I mean they've literally done it
0: almost every game since to start of the Betfred Cup. As you say, money, money now has, has, has five goals. And as much as we're saying that they didn't create very much for, for open play, if you're going to score goals for, for set pieces every week, you, you don't really have to.
1: Fine. you absolutely. I mean, it's a huge part of, of, of I'd say, say uh, lower league football. It's a huge part of football set pieces. And if you've got guys that, that, that can... One, you've got a player like Dom Thomas, who's got consistently very good delivery. And then you've got two very good centre backs or two decent centre backs that that are aggressive and can can attack the ball, big strong boys, and and Murray and Watson. And of course, it's a, a tactic to exploit. But you'd be alarmed if if you were if you're Queen of the South because just we can praise Dunfermline for for getting it right and 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 for you know you put your two leaving your two uh, most obvious. Attacking threat, position them outside the box and getting them to run in and, and separate around this crowd of players outside. But Queen of South, dear me, like to, to lose goals consistently, lose goals like that over the course of the season. Like some of the goals from set pieces they lost against Raith Rovers when they were beaten five two. You just you're watching them and you're, you're kind of screwing your face up and you're you're sucking through your teeth at, at how bad they were. Like that first one, Buchanan. I don't know how good a player Buchanan is these days, but you're watching and thinking. Come on, mate. Please. I mean, bear in mind,
0: I would say, watching, so I've watched Queen of the South live uh, once, and I've, I've now seen, I've, I've seen the other two games in terms of the highlights. Bear in mind, when they were assembling a squad, there was concern about the fact that they had signed uh, Willie Gibson, and the, the understanding was he may be
1: playing <laughs> fullback. No I think it was uh, Willie Gibson was like we'll sign him if we need him but he's been uh-huh. playing at full but he's playing at full back for the last three games apparently what i read i, I read some reports from Pat and Bovel apparently he was all right but well, well, well that's just it. that that's what i was going to say there
0: was a concern <laughs> about him playing full back but based on the the, the evidence of this season he's been
1: the best defender that's saying quite a lot as well given the fact that he's uh, he's gone from a a winger a sort of jinky winger to a deep line retired. Play- <laughs> <laughs> to retired to <laughs> retired to coming back, coming back and playing fullback, but on, on, on top of that, I, like there, there were times where I, I was, you know, something that I was watching the highlights. I was looking at like Stephen Dobby's body language and Stephen Dobby, an incredibly positive player, you know, just the way he carries himself around the park, such a talisman for a team like, like Queen of the South, and even players running down the flanks with it and no getting to it, and that just like that sense of frustration. I think that, that that was writ large there, and I, I don't really blame him. I think the number of times that I thought Aidan Fitzpatrick had a decent game, the number of times that you I mean he he won the penalty that, that Dobby scored from to make it to make it three two, he uh, like like forced uh forced the, the Dunfermline rearguard back, but you kind of want to see like try and get how do we get Dobby into the game more? How do we include him more? And if I just think the points are a problem. Up. The, the Queens are a team that have really yet to really yet to gel, really yet to find their feet. You, you talk about bloody language. There was a point where,
0: now I'm fairly certain it was Fitzpatrick, but I didn't double check. But judging by the length of the surname on his jersey, I, I don't think it was Shields. But I'm, I'm, I'm adamant that it was Fitzpatrick. But he, so, so you're right. It looked like he had a good game, but there was a point where he gave the ball away in the kind of middle of the park, and it was. A dangerous area, and that Dermot suddenly had a counter attack on, and Fitzpatrick didn't he? He didn't make really any attempt to kind of get back and make up for the fact that he just lost possession, and that Queen of South were suddenly in quite a uh, quite a dangerous looking situation, and mm. that I suddenly think that, that that says a lot. Of the fact that you have uh, players who either maybe quite keen to get forward, and they're they're quite keen when they're on the ball, but when they don't have the ball or give it away. That their work rate suddenly diminishes, and and that feels like a problem. Uh, it, it might not be their main problem, but I think they have a lot.
1: I definitely, I would say, like for a, if, if you know, I, I don't know much about Aidan Fitzpatrick other than that that he started at Thistle, went down to Norwich, and he, he's loaned at Queens. But these are the sort of seasons that are big seasons for for players like that because you don't if you go down to and play in the, a Scottish player goes down to and plays academy football down in England, you don't want them to. You know, just come back up up, up the road. What uh, you, you want to see players try to see that so this is a really, really important season for him And you don't so body language and, and chasing back and working for the good of the team. It's just it's frustrating to see players because he's obviously got the talent, as we say, that he had them pegged back for long spells. Um, I tell you another player though is the the um, Owen Von Williams talk to me about his wrists, Sean.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> I've, uh, it isn't a great angle? So when the, the the shot came in from Joe McKee, I presume he should have done considerably better. Uh, I, I think the angle and the the, the 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 angle that the camera is at probably saves his embarrassment a wee bit because I'm just presuming that he's made an egregious error rather than absolutely knowing that he's made an egregious error.
1: It's, it's horrendous. I thought when as soon as I saw it, I went thinking, my goodness, how on, earth, how on earth are you letting that in? It's not like the ball struck. You see balls struck that are angled right into the corner, very difficult to get down. You see balls that are sometimes hit really quickly, like an early shot and it completely wrong foots the goalkeeper. This was neither of those. This was a ball that was um, fairly, it was like a, on you go, you know, a sort of, sort of strike. and. It, was put, it wasn't It was put right down the middle, so it was, it was hugely disappointing to see a Wayne Ford Williams... Uh, not uh, not surprising, though. He's been
0: called up to the Wales squad. Right, okay. I mean, and I don't know the depth of, of
1: talent in, in terms of Welsh goalkeepers, but I'd suggest it's not deep. Do you remember the time when Wayne Hennessy made a Nazi salute when he was out <laughs> with a- It couldn't have been a
0: Nazi salute, as he it,
1: it didn't know who the Nazis were. <laughs> <laughs> so he said... He was cupping his mouth and and waving to get the waiter's attention to hurry up and take the photograph. But he said, how can it be the Nazis? I've never heard of them. (laughs) Fucking hell. That's a complete complete aside. Um, He must have left school at seven. And he's never he's never heard them. I'm sure that when it was um, it came out that, that that he said he's got a it's a regrettable uh, what was the term something like a, a regrettable level of ignorance. I just don't know how you can go go through throughout your entire life and not have heard of the worst guys in the world of all time. I'm I'm going to suggest that you can't. Are with lying? I, I, I don't know how, how, how you can. Uh, the other goals, the other goals, the other all came from a penalty, uh, Dan Pibus. Pibus, is that how you pronounce it? Yep, I believe so now. Dan Pibus, white, terrible tackle, wiped out Kyle Turner as he made his way into the box. And as we said, Aidan practice was hacked down by Ian Wilson. Like look of Ian Wilson, they'll say that obviously against the old team. Notice that he was uh, dropping into between the, the centre-backs a lot of the time. Um, Queen of the Queen of South fans, uh, as much as they... They haven't
0: enjoyed, I suppose, great success over the last kind of twelve months or so. They 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 really raved about Wilson and he seems to have uh, he seems to have kind of picked up the same kind of form already with Dunfermline, albeit it was there was quite a wild challenge that he put in for that for that penalty.
1: Aye Dafty was um he was going there Fitzpatrick, was coming inside. There's other players there that can that can deal with it. Are there any conclusions that we can we can take for this game?
0: Do you know something I still as much as we've said that Dunfermline maybe uh, they're not exactly in full flight, I suppose. I, I still don't know if I've seen anybody else in the division so far that I, that I fancy to to kind of maybe put them to that to that second place. Uh, yeah, United toiled. Inverness haven't really impressed. throwers have done quite well, but I, I still think they are they they, they still wouldn't finish second. I, I still fancy. I still fancy them. They're to finish second. And I still think Queen of South will be in real bother.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's much I can I can really add to that. I just like like look, I Dunfermline. I've got a there's not a lot of depth necessarily in that Dunfermline squad. There's not a lot of options out with the starting eleven and maybe a couple of other players. But when that that starting eleven is really good, and you know, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of, sorry to the starting eleven. There's a lot of uh, good balance. There's players that can do different things. It's, it's an interesting lineup they've got, and I do think if they provide, they can keep those players fit. Like you say, I think I'm trying to think. Who, they, who else they've got uh, up front for them? If um, should, should anything bad happen to O'Hara or McMahon. I think Lewis McCann is the, the only other player they've got in reserve there think, for uh, that uh, position. I think I think Ryan Dow has been quite advanced this season. he he was missing for the weekend, so so he could probably he can probably do a job up there as well. I, I think they probably missed him at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aye, but no, I, 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 I broadly agree with you. And I look at Queen's, when you're signing guys, and this is no disrespect to me, you're signing guys like you and East from Albion Rovers and, mm-hmm. and uh, McGrory, who was at, at Queen's Park uh, last season. Guys who had fairly negligible impact on, on both clubs, albeit like East is apparently someone who, who really looks after himself and, and really wants to uh, make it as a, a full-time football player. Even then, as you know, there's one difference between like living like a football time player and, and having the quality to be a, a full-time football player. And I don't quite think East has got that. Certainly not what I've seen. So, aye, I completely agree with you. Difficult times ahead for for Queen of the South, and I think Dunfermline. Yeah, will we'll maintain we'll certainly maintain their their position at the the upper echelons of the championship. Might as well, Sean, go to what for my money was the the best game of the weekend. The most certainly, game. certainly, the, certainly, the funniest. Oh, this is this is fucking wild! It is Greenup Morton three, Air United two, uh, Capolo, absolutely wacky game of football. Uh, Air United took a two-goal lead, a uh, Lewis Strap on goal, um, and then Cammy Muirhead scored with fifteen minutes remaining. You think they're dead and buried, but Gary Oliver, Cammy Blues, and Lewis Strap atoning. At the end, with his bandaged bonds <laughs> getting onto a ball, I think he meant to to cross. I actually think that was a centre rather than a, a a shot and goal. But it gives a gives the ton all three points. Where to where to start with this one? I'd love that. I'll tell you where to start. See when you see when you
0: started watching the game. Did did you think it was snowing to start with? It looked fucking horrendous. It, it was. I couldn't work what was happening because to start with, I thought it was snowing because there was, there was stuff sitting on the park, and then you could see stuff kind of falling from the sky. Then it looked like, it looked like I thought, well, no, it's not snow. It, it looked like it was some kind of ticker tape parade, like, like <laughs> as if, uh, Libertadores had come to Capelo. And then I just realised, I just realised the park was covered in uh, leaves. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 mean I, I, I appreciate that they were kind of in the middle of a storm, uh, but, but I, I, I still that that was strange. It's unusual. You don't normally see that unless it's, like a, a Sunday league game or something. Uh, but, but regardless, regardless, it was... Uh, I, w- I was trying to think if there was... Because bear in mind, Air United dominated that game for pretty much 80 minutes, even mm-hmm. though they went down to 10 men kind of early stages in, in the second half. So mm-hmm. I was like, is there any positives that Air United could, could take from that at all? Then I remembered when when Wraith went to Dunbarton and were 3-0 up and, and should have won the game quite easily and then Dumbarton dominated the last 10 minutes and, and scored three goals. And I realised that there was nothing positive that United fans can take from that whatsoever.
2: No, I, I,
1: you know, I, th- I think the, the, from watching the highlights, the positive I would take from that is there seems to be a very impressive partnership building up front. Or not an, a partnership, I suppose a trio between Bruce Anderson, Cammy Smith and Michael Moffat. They all yep. look very good. There was, I think there was a moment in the first half where the, the interplay between Anderson... And Smith w- w- was really good, and I hope, I really hope both players have good seasons there, and they can they can uh, re-establish themselves with their clubs in the uh, in the top flight. So I think there's there, there's certainly positives there. I think Aaron Muirhead, for someone his age uh, and his standing with within the United, uh, dressing as, as an experienced player, for him to get red carded like that is an absolute shambles. It was that tackle did not need to be made whatsoever. He wipes out who who's it that he wiped out? Was it was it was it, was it strapped was it Aiden Nisbet? It was down the left hand side. was and Nesbitt. Wipes out Aiden Nisbet and Nisbet's I, I really like Nisbet as a player, but he's not like the he's not you know, you can let ride let him ride past you. You don't need to to wipe him out. It just seems Well he was only It was only five yards inside the inside the
0: United half. I mean he had he had, he had so much to do to to wipe him out at that point was, uh, uh, as you say, it was a, a, a strange decision. It's not the first time that, that Muirhead's done that. And I remember he did, I think, he, did he get a straight red card against St. Johnson in the Scottish Cup that left him, that left him short-handed yeah, last that's, season as well and, and, and cost him. And it's not the first time and it's a different situation, but that, that's the second time they've had a, a straight red card this season. Luke, Luke McCowan got a... A straight red in the first game, albeit it was. I think it was about three minutes to go, so a, a, a totally different scenario. But, I it was a. Did, did it? I mean, did it cost them? I mean, they still they still controlled the game for about another
1: twenty minutes or so. That's. I, I was thinking that when when Cammy Smith scored, it was good goal as well. He uh, Lewis Straps, sorry, Lewis strap had uh, the ball whacked off him. I think it might have been, was it Anderson or, or Smith tried to play the ball into the box and it hit off him and, and went into the net from from close range in the, the first half. But in the second half, uh, Smith scored a really a really good goal, very very McCown, well. McC- McCowan done well in the build-up, his, yeah. his first
0: touch and his wee kind of slide-rule pass through to, to Smith for his pretty good... Ah, just just a great
1: goal, great goal, great set great, great finish. And at that point, you're thinking, well, you're 2-0 up with 15 minutes to go. You've shown resilience. You've been in charge of the game. You wonder what on earth happened at that point um, I think Kerr see the three
0: players that you mentioned Anderson and Moffat and Smith I think Kerr took all three off yeah to, to try and shore things up which I suppose you, you understand he's thinking the fact that he's that they've went down to 10 men but the fact that they were controlling the game with those three guys on the park it might have been one or two forward players too
1: much to, to take off because th- those three guys were actually controlling position yeah, well, what was interesting to note is that, that Michael Moffat and Bruce Anderson came off first at 1-0, and then it was at 2 each that Cammy Smith came off in place of uh, Mikey Miller. So I, I think you're right. Sometimes you see that you can you can make substitutions that that allow the other team. You, you think, well, we'll put another player in the middle of the park because that allows allow us to control things in another park, but you're reducing what you can do further forward. And that just invites pressure, pressure onto you. And, I think and the thing is, Morton weren't doing anything. Morton's three
0: goals weren't caused by anything in the middle of the park. They were caused by sixty-yard forward passes diagonals. from Big diagonals, or defenders diagonals into the the opposing penalty area.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that the all goals, all all the goals were finished differently but they all started the same it was big like big Sean McGinty just <laughs> fucking slamming balls into the into the box and the the first one Gary Oliver scored it. i think the the ball might have come it might have come off um as in Josh McPake. i think it might have might have come off him and then um Oliver does well to to take it he could have shot first time he doesn't he stable. he controls himself and and passes it into the net it's a very well taken goal however Sean, I want you to give me a play by play description, please, of Cameron Bluesy's goal. The
0: equaliser. Well, I, I, I think the. Uh, oh, the, 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 the equaliser or the winner. The equaliser. Yeah, so that was, I think that was McGuinty that just had a, a diagonal into the, in the penalty, penalty area. Uh, it was Patrick Redding who provided the assist. Yeah, United's <laughs> left back provided the assist. In- inexplicable. I-, I don't know if he misjudged it. I don't know if there was uh, the swirling wind caused him difficulty. But the <laughs> fact that he just nodded it straight to uh, in a Cameron Blue's path was inexplicable, but amusing.
1: It really has to be seen to be believed. I, I watched the highlights <laughs> not long after after we got and I just went fucking hell as soon as I saw it. Because listen, it's a big ball pumped in theory. If he left it, it would have probably gone out for a goal kick. But instead. He must, must, I don't know what he's doing, misjudged it. But he said, instead of headering it back the way it came or, or, or just straight forward, he headers it, cushions headers it right across the face of his goal and it lands right at Cameron Bluesy's feet to, 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 to score. And then by that point, I don't know what it is. I can't imagine what it's like to be in that situation. I mean, we've been there as fans where you've had, you've been fairly comfortable and then all of a sudden... The, the whole game just changes in, changes against you and, and you, your team just sits further and further and further back and, and it just becomes absolutely horrendous to try and watch. And at that point, another diagonal is, is put into the box. I wasn't sure who... who uh, it was Brian, uh, Brian, Brian, Brian McLean right. was the, pumped
0: the third one in. But there's someone just because of the camera angle and I think because of the bandage on Lewis Strap's head and the amount of time that the ball's in the air and the amount of time between it leaving Lewis Strap's forehead and settling into the kind of uh, side part of the net. There's just someone so satisfying about it.
1: There is. I, I do think, as I said earlier, I do think Lewis Strap meant to... There's someone looking at the back post. I think he meant to header it across the face of goal, but misjud- well, very well done to him because he misjudged it, but it just seems to nestle past uh, Sinisalo and into the net. But it's a, it's a great goal, and you're absolutely right. It's a sort of a, a, a diving, ish header, bandage round his head. There's just something. There's just something fantastic. I mean, it looked like there's a lot of games to we'll come on to talk about some but games, particularly in the west of Scotland, that just looked absolutely horrendous. Like the conditions look absolutely horrendous, and it just seems it's one of those games. Where you just need to fight. It doesn't matter how like effective or how aesthetically pleasing. It is. You just need to fight, and you just need to scrap, and you just need to, you know, win the battles and and, and do as well for for the team. And I think with Muirhead going off, you might. I think that, that back four because it's still quite a young back four. Like Reading's still quite young. Sam Roscoe's still quite young. You know, Jack Baird's got a wee bit more experience around them, but all guys in their late teens and early twenties. You would look to Muirhead. With the express of expression of, of of marshalling that defence, and without him there, it can sometimes be be easy just to to, to go completely within yourselves, and that's what happened to uh, Air United. Well, what have you made of Air United so far, Sean? It's funny
0: they were they were, they were probably seven minutes away from having a a really good start to the season, okay. uh, a win against and uh, sorry, a win against Queen of South. A decent point up in up in Inverness, albeit again defensive fragility play cost them all three points. But now four points fed four points and nine. Got a difficult game against Dunfermline this 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 week coming up. So those those ten minutes, or certainly those last kind of six or seven minutes, it kind of turned the, the start on its head a wee bit. Yeah. And, and again, that that feels almost harsh, considering they controlled this
1: game for such a, a, a large period of time. I'd agree with you. It's, it's 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 disappointing that, you know, if you look at the results a win, a draw and a loss. And and the particularly like the, the, the draw and the loss seem very dispiriting. That like going down three two like that, it's uh I I do think I look on paper, it's a small squad, but there, there's a lot of quality there, particularly in the in the forward areas. It's just when you look further back that you're like oh, I'm not sure how how decent they might be. It was the I, I, I still fancy them
0: to be at, at least mid-table and, and probably still pushing for that. That's think I'll push for fourth place. Uh, but in, in terms of the in terms of the game in general, it was one of the it might be the biggest example so far of me really, really wishing there was fans in the stadium. Yeah. Can you imagine how the, the 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 kind of home terrace and, and the, the, the the away the away fans would have reacted to that to that that final two minutes? It would have been brilliant.
1: Because with the Air United fans been in the wee Dublin end behind the goals, where yep. the where, where Morton where where yep. Morton put the three goals in at the end, oh, and we've not even mentioned Freddie Mercury <laughs> It's the ball boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a surreal moment where, where there's a man is is he wearing a yellow jacket and, and sort of trousers with a white striped down as a stripe down them, very like Freddie Mercury. I, I, and, and the commentators that said Jerry McDade and, and Andy Rich are like, is, is, he, is he in fancy? Is, is, that, is he wearing normal clothes? Or is he actually dressed as, as Freddie Mercury?
0: Now, that I, when I initially watched it, I presumed that he would, because it was Halloween, I presumed that he had inexplicably come in fancy dress as Freddie Mercury. But when I watched the game again today, it might actually just be that he has
1: clothes that makes him look a bit like Freddie Mercury. Or maybe everything else he had was in the wash. <laughs> That's it. He's just like, oh, your clothes are all shopping. Oh, fuck, I've got to wear the Freddie Mercury costume. And I'm going to the football. I'm, I'm, I'm working at the football today. Absolutely shambles. <laughs> Another thing as well, I'd say I really like the the Morton commentary. I think that McDade and Richie were, were really good together. Slight criticism might be a bit radio-y in terms of you're getting every single piece of play that happens mm-hmm. to you. you you're, you're being told that. Uh, but other than that Great service And that's some, some of the best stuff That I've heard so far I think they, they I liked uh, I
0: liked when Cameron Blues scored The Equalizer And the uh, Main commentator said Oh I, I think that's uh, I'm, I'm trying to work out Who scored it I think it's Cameron Blues And Andy Witches said hmm. uh, I, I think you'll find It's Gary Oliver my friend And then the guy just went No No
1: <laughs> I that. No, no it isn't <laughs> uh, One of the most Enduringly popular Morton players of all time Like nah It's not how, Honestly <laughs> it's not him it's not him the, the other games in the championship at the weekend Sean there was two others there was Dundee United but Dundee United Dundee won Wraith Rovers won um, you took in that match on, on DTV uh, Dundee DTV were the Dundee were the better side uh,
0: we, we kept them quiet for about maybe half an hour or so Ray certainly kept uh, Charlie Adam quiet for, for that first half hour then he started to come into the game maybe the last 15 minutes uh, set pace delivery is excellent that caused the Rovers bother He then picked up a ball, Miller Park, uh, and and just pinged a, a goal in. And then his uh, Jamie McDonald's left hand uh, corner accuracy was it was brilliant. And you're like, right, well, that's not not a lot you can do, but other other than close them close them down more effectively. Start the second half again. Dundee were a better team. They definitely should have had a penalty. Ian Davidson had a that was a that was a handball. Dundee should have had a penalty. Then again. Probably based on uh, McPake's substitutions, he. I mean, Adam went off, but he looked like he was puggled. Then he took off the, the forward players and, and sat too deep in the last go, twenty minutes of overs. So, just that's like what we're talking about. Uh, Aye, yeah, exactly yeah. the same. Exactly the same. And you're doing the wrong thing. And they got deeper and they got deeper. Uh, and I wasn't as much as time was running out. I wasn't overly surprised when Wraith got the, the equaliser, uh, Musonda from the for the corner kick, uh, and. <laughs> Did they steal it? No, because it was kind of pixie for the first half hour. But if I was a Dundee fan, I'd, I'd, I'd probably think that I was two points dropped.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a uh, good series. Rovers have maintained though their decent start to the season. Are you are you surprised by what you've seen so far for them?
0: Uh, y- yes and no. <laughs> so, well, based on based on the first four games, I, I looked at, it, I thought, right, home. Are both. Uh Abros, a decent team. They, they proved that last season, and they retained their squad. I'd like to think they'll get maybe a draw. And, and if they can sneak a win, then then great. And actually, they won, they won 3-0. So I was surprised at that. I expected them to win at Queen of South because I, I wasn't impressed by anything they've done over the summer. I'd kind of written the Dundee game off and I was kind of hoping that they'd, they'd manage three points for, for Morton. So I thought, right, if they can take six, seven points for the first four games, that's that's a success. So we've, we've kind of met that target a, a, a game sooner than expected. Uh, the fixtures get harder from from this Saturday on, the fixtures get a bit harder, so we'll, we'll kind of review things from from that point.
1: Yeah, one of the teams you beat on the way, I've got to say I'll start that again like I'm recording a TV so that somebody can edit <laughs> it out. Fucking hell, no chance. No, one of the teams that you mentioned that you beat there on the opening day of the league season was our bro 3-0. They lost a game, they've lost all three matches so far this season going down 3-1 at Inverness Cali Thistle. I um, are you surprised that they had a difficult start? They have played. I mean, they played Wraith Rovers, Hart and Midlothian and Cali Thistle. Teams that certainly in Hearts and Cali, you would say top four. Wraith Rovers, you imagine, safe. They would be a, a safe team. Or, or would would our broth and Wraith Rovers see themselves as um on a similar level in that division? I'm
0: trying to I'm trying to think how our growth would have thought that this season would have panned out. i I think they would have uh in, in theory, said that they wanted, I think outwardly, they say, our aim is to stay up. Mm-hmm. I wonder if within the dressing room they maybe thought that they could do a, a bit better than that. Based on what I've seen so far, I think they'll be a mile away from kind of top four, maybe even top half. Uh, based on the first 20 minutes against Wraith Rovers, they were the better team and they, they caused the Rovers a lot of bother. But as soon as they conceded that first goal, the heads really went down. Uh, they were pulling unlucky against Hearts. And then for what I've seen on on Saturday against Inverness, again, as soon as they conceded that first goal, it, it kind of felt like that. It, it kind of
1: felt like a bit of a busted flush at, at that yeah. point. Because at that point there was Danny Mackay scored. That was just right after the interval. So, but yeah. you've got a whole a whole second half to play with, with the scores level. You look through that team, and, and it's the Arbroath team teams like all oh, those are really really good players. So, I suppose for our Arbroath, if you're going to kickstart the season, then Saturday is going to be the perfect time to do it because you're playing Queen of the South at home, and I think you would expect our Arbroath to win that one. Ah, you would. Based on, so to be honest, I've seen both of them
0: uh, oh, for, for 90 minutes. Arbroath are better Queen of the South. Uh, if whoever loses that is, is, is probably struggling already, even though there's only, only four games going
1: Good. Well, I like our broth, and I, I hope they hope they manage to stay up. We'll take a dander into the championship. Jeez, oh man, I am an absolute nightmare here, Sean. We will take a dander. I, I, I keep thinking in my head. Oh, don't worry, you can, you can, you can edit this stuff out. But you can't, you can't. You're, you're stuck with it. You're stuck. It's like a like a scarf almost. Every every fluff line is like a scar in this podcast. We will take a dander into League One. And we'll talk about perhaps one of the the team that surprised a lot of people with their start to the season, and that is Dumbarton. Now, the, Dumbarton were playing on Tuesday night. They beat Clyde 1-0. I mean, we were hoping to talk about the, that match. However, the, the highlights aren't available for that. So we'll talk about the, the, the game from Saturday where they beat Air Georgians 2-0. But that's seven points out of a possible nine for the Suns, which I am astonished about. I didn't think that they'd have the way with all of them, and it's not just that the teams they have beaten are all teams you'd imagine would be around them this season. I I, I was going to say I was I've,
0: I've been shocked by the start of the season, but that would suggest I've been kind of wandering around with my mouth open, and unable to take events in. So it's just shocked, <laughs> <my be. That's laughs> maybe. I mean, not the right word I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised at the start of the season. I suppose. I mean, you look at you look at that game in midweek against Clyde. So they only had they only had three outfield subs on the bench so I think why I thought the struggle is they, they, they don't have they don't have a large squad at all they've got a very small squad and I I thought it was low on quality as well and what they have done though is so they've they've retained the back four for last season which is perfectly adequate for league one so they've got they've still got Ryan McGeevan they've still got Morgan Neal centre-halves who are just two big lumps with massive craniums that will header everything away mm-hmm. and that that's absolutely fine Rico Katongo at left back is. I mean, I mean, he's now starting to surprisingly look like he may go on to have a better career than Chai Katongo. I mean, he's, I mean, uh, rocked up at Mister Raymond McKinnon's Queens Park. I mean, Rico Katongo is now starting to kind of uh, fashion it a wee. I mean, he's looking like a, a decent left back again at that at that level. Whether whether he can progress to, to a higher level, I don't know, but. Certainly, Dumbarton fans appreciate him and, and he seems to be doing quite well for, for that position. And then Sam Wardrop came in at right back.
1: So that's that's a decent back four for, for that level. Chucking that as well, you've got uh, Chris Hamilton who's come along from uh, on loan from Hearts. I saw him, uh, he played uh, for Cowden Beef last season and him and Craig Barr looked really, really good. So when you look at that back three McGeever, Hamilton, and Neil, that must be they like, if you were to put those guys on top of each other, that's like the, the, the height of a, a lamppost. <laughs> I'm just trying to put this in the mind for listeners who are maybe not familiar with Dumbarton. That is three tall, That's three strapping big boys. Well, I don't know if they
0: have is straight going forward. So, I mean, we know Ross Forbes has got good delivery and can score from distance, but he doesn't do a lot of running. No. So whether, whether they'll get a lot of... A lot of use out of him this season, and I mean, against Clyde in midweek. Uh, I, I mean, I think I think Frizzell might have played up front, and mm. I mean, he he is not a forward, and I I, I don't think uh, I I don't know if they had a forward on the bench. I mean, they are they are low in numbers, so whether they can continue this good start to the season, I I have my doubts. But but I fair play.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think that. I mean, we've not even mentioned the fact they've yet to concede a goal this season. That's three games, three clean sheets. That's uh, extraordinary. In fact, not as so extraordinary as uh, the, uh, the Rangers are playing Benfica just now and Rangers are winning 2-1. There's been three goals in 25 minutes. It's absolutely, absolutely absurd. We're not here to talk. Listen, you want to hear... We're not here about, to talk about the Europa League. Listen to Tony Anderson. You know, he, he'll, he'll tell you all about Rangers' Celtic. We are here to talk about real football, men's football, And we are here talking about Dumbarton and I. But we did, we watched them. Um, so we can't really take jaw too much from the, the game against Clyde because neither of us have seen it. But well, what about the game against Air on Saturday that they won two 0 It was uh, Jamie Wilson scoring a goal that may or may not have been offside. And well, I, I thought it was miles offside, but you thought it was onside. I don't know. I thought Kyle McDonald at uh, right back might have played him on a little bit. It's hard to tell. Hard and hard. And fairness, hard. In, in fairness, you didn't know which team was which. Aye, we were talking about this before we went on. I think both teams had to wear their away kits. Is that is that right? So I think I think Airdre were wearing the third strip. Right, which was yellow, and it made them look like Albion Rovers.
0: Which looked like Albion Rovers. It made them look like... Which they advertised in the summer using a kind
1: of Simpsons, just because it was yellow, so they used a kind of Simpsons graphic. Right. It looked like a sort of Darren Young era Albion Rovers home top, and that's what completely threw me, because I was watching it thinking, well, Dumbarton are the team that play in, in gold, that's the closest approximation to piping hot yellow. And then you've got... But Dumbarton were playing in a a sort of Juventus-style grey and and black away top. And then when Leon McCann scored his own goal, I I thought, well, that that doesn't make sense. Why did he sign for Dumbarton? I'm sure he was an Airdrie player, unless something's happened, and and I'm not not sure. But I think, judging by that game, I think that Airdrie looked a bit lacklustre. There was a great moment where Chris Smith, uh, who's come... I think he's their not sure what, what hasn't done Barton if he's their, their second-choice goalkeeper or third-choice goalkeeper. I know they've, they've signed another goalie on loan. Kevin Dabrowski will be the first choice when he's on loan from uh, Hibernian. But Chris Smith made a really, really impressive save in the first half. Very acrobatic. The one that makes you go, ooh, like that when you, when you see it pull off. So he's, a, he's a big lump of a boy as well. When you see the, the pictures of him and his, uh, his top point you think, fair play. There is, there is hope, for, hope for everyone to, to, to make it in the game. But I um he made a good save. Jamie Wilson scored a questionable goal and then, then Leon McCann uh so accidentally uh, turned home across at the end. And I think I uh, not not too impressed by I mean we could, we've talked about Dumbarton, but for for Airdrionians that perhaps expected a little bit better from them so far. I think we'll I think there's there's something
0: quite I, I don't know if satisfying is the word, but you know when they were signing uh Thomas Robert? Yeah. And they were putting up things on their website about that he had offers from England and uh, the French top tier. And you think to yourself that that that's muck. He uh, he he surely didn't have have offers from from those from those kind of rarefied airs. Because if if so, why would why would they be at RJ? Yeah, uh, with, with the greatest respect in the world, but why would they be? And uh, yes, I mean I, I did think that. And I wondered if if Airdrie would have assembled a squad that was good enough to, to challenge for the, the playoffs again, and it, the, the, those kind of X factor signings that they made in the summer doesn't seem to be adding anything to the team.
1: No, no, I, I think so. I've liked what I've seen from Griffin Sabatini, uh, but he he made a came on after the game was lost on, uh, on on Tuesday Tuesday night. Big game for them is against Clyde at the at the weekend. So I think that this is two teams that are like Clyde especially haven't haven't started the haven't started the season well. Well, I say that they haven't started the season well. That's 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 wrong. They I mean they beat Partick Thistle in the first game of the season unexpectedly. well actually unexpectedly were better than than uh than Partick. We spoke about this last time we're on. But go, but you know that that for when you play at home, you beat Partick Thistle at home, and then the next match you go two 0 down to to Peter and, and look really lackluster against them, and then turn two Blackluster performances. There's a uh, uh, that that sort of that, that good buzz from beating Thistle has uh, seems to have well and truly dissipated. I, I suppose though on the opening day nobody realised how bad Partick Thistle were. Well, there you go then. There you go. Maybe it's like like Partick Thistle will be like um, finding a Bulbasaur Pokemon card. Like everyone's got one. You know, there's just there's there's no um, exoticism about them. There's that's not that a...
0: I, uh, That I, I was too old. Uh, for for Pokemon, but I still I still appreciate your uh, your, your description. There.
1: That's that's good. That's good. I actually read an article in Vice. It was about um, somebody was scammed. I think it was like Logan Paul or something like that. So that's, that's probably a good thing. But somebody was scammed at uh, scammed about uh, Pokemon cards. There's like very rare Pokemon cards are fetching like like uh, tens of thousands of dollars. But that's a discussion for another time, I don't <laughs> tend to know too much about Pokemon. I didn't play it myself, and I found uh, people who did uh, suspicious in the extreme. Now we'll talk about a team, Sean, whose season doesn't look like it's. It looks like it could about to start fire, and this is Montrose who turned in. If it wasn't for up uh, Morton's comeback against uh, United, this would have perhaps been the performance of the weekend. Montrose beat four for Athletic three-two. with well, Liam Callaghan. I was. I'm, so I'm, it was just with, with Liam Callaghan scoring a stunning goal in the dying embers of the game to to win the game for the for the Mo. I was just starting
0: to worry about Montrose. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've always been, as much as they've now proven themselves in in League One for uh, two seasons running, it it still sometimes feels like they probably have maybe one of the lower budgets. And it still feels like they are an unfancied League One team, uh, which probably isn't fair. But the fact that they spent so long in the bottom tier, you still struggle to think of them as a team that could be challenging to get into the into the, into the championship. And so based on their, their first two results of the season where they, so they lost out against Falkirk, maybe unluckily, uh, they got a point against East Fife where they came back from a, a two-goal deficit to, to to finish up 2-2. But once they got it back to, to 2-0 that last half hour, East Fife should really have won that game. Uh, East Fife uh, really piled the pressure on and Montrose are a wee bit lucky to, to get the point. However, based on this performance, uh, they they dominated uh, against Forfa. They should really have won by more than mm-hmm. three goals to two. But the fact that they won it with a 93rd minute winner is probably a, a good thing, I would imagine, from I'm Montrose's oh. point of view.
1: Oh, definitely! As a, a beating, beating our a local rivals with with, with guys like it's good could see Paul Watson scoring goals. You know, just like a big, honest as his day as long central midfielder, just like scoring with a header and scoring with a tatty poker when the ball uh, <laughs> broke him in, inside inside the, the, the penalty area. I, I I know what you mean when you when you when you look at Montrose. You look at the like the squad in terms of strengthening the squad, very little there was very little cosmetic work done to, to that Montrose team. It was more or less you're, you're going into the season with the same group of players. I think there's a couple that, that came in mostly on loan, like Harry Cochran being the, the best example and, and Harry Cochran being announced with perhaps the best signing video of the, <laughs> the season. Brilliant. The, the Dealer Deal. Noel Edmonds, opens up the box and it's Harry Cochran's name <laughs> written on it. And everyone inside the studio goes off their head.
0: Now, um, the only problem with that is you feel like that the only way is down now for Harry and like, Will he will he possibly be able to perform at a level that justifies that signing video?
1: That's, that's the thing. It's... it's, it's, it's if you go to, you drop down, if you're playing for Heart Midlothian and you drop down into the championship for Dunfermline Athletic, you expect, right, okay, a good run of games here at a competitive level, getting back up to, to where Hearts are looking, but now the fact that he's gone on loan to one level below, at part-time level as well, you, you, you wonder what the, I'd like to know the thinking behind it. And if he was to go on loan, why didn't he go on loan to, say, like a full-time team or a, more, a team who perhaps were looking to win the title like 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 a Falkirk or a Partick Thistle, you know something. He might have been a different kind of player, but like a replacement for Declan Glass at, um, at Partick Thistle. You know he went on loan from Dundee United, uh, got a really really bad injury, he's out for a number of months. Cochrane could have come in uh, and done that there. I, I, I was reading the, the message boards. There wasn't really anything about his performance that stood out. He played for almost the uh, best part of the game, about seventy minutes before uh, coming off. For Ross um, Russell, it, Russell it,
0: McLean, it's actually interesting that you that you mentioned Falkirk, though, because it was one thing that, that Falkirk potentially lack in the middle of pocket. It, it, it might be legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they have. Uh, so, like Gary Miller was in there, for mm-hmm. example, on Saturday, a guy who's kind of who's kind of getting on a bit. So, so maybe they do need legs in there. So, as you say, they, it might have been a, a good fit for for Falkirk, and you wonder if you wonder if this is a a, a move that is is going to do them the world the good. I, I, I don't know. I suppose that. I suppose it allows them to to train my hearts a, a good part of the week as well, and then maybe train on the Montrose once a week or, or something. So, Hearts still keep a, a close look at them. I, I, I don't know.
1: Oh, definitely. I'm not going to complain. You know, he played. He certainly uh, played played his part in, in in that win, and it's it's great to see. It's like I, I do I do like Montrose. I, I must say that. I do like Montrose. I just seem to like like a lot of clubs. I mean, I'm trying to think the clubs. I I won't go into them, but there's only a handful of clubs that when they lose, it's like ha. That's uh, that's smashing news. Delighted <laughs> with that. What about uh, so we've we've kind of I say we've touched on controls We've talked about Harry Cochran <laughs> and say that this is this is the result that could kick start the could kick start the season because the next game Peterhead at home is the next game. You'd imagine that so you'd look at the the Blue team as a perfect opportunity to build on that win and try and motor on your way up the table and consolidate your position. What about Forfar Athletic, though, well, Sean? Forfar as a team, I. I
0: expected them to struggle this season. I didn't think their, I not think the recruitment had been, had went particularly well. Uh, they they kind of plugged away against Forfar, against Montrose, sorry, but they were very much second best. I suppose one of the biggest concerns was that I think they have, and I've said this for a long time now. I think Mark McCallum is a is a is a fine goalkeeper and might be the best goalkeeper in League One. He went off injured quite yeah. early in, in this game. I, I'm not entirely sure how long he's going to be out. But bear in mind that I, I don't think Forfar have an abundance of that good players, and but he would he would certainly be one that you would regard as uh, a, a vital player to them. So if, if he's if he's missing for for too long, I I think they'll I think they'll really struggle this season.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. There. I agree with you. I I, I just I I, look, I mean, no-no draw no with Dumbarton on the opening day of the season. The, the worst game of football of all time. One one with Falkirk on paper that sounds like an impressive result, and I suppose it is going to Falkirk and getting a one one draw. But I mean, the only really got into the the only really opportunity to get into the game came when Robbie Mutch slapped. It was, was it that, John Robertson. The, so was, he slapped. He slapped. It, he slapped someone across the back of the head.
0: If he hadn't, if you hadn't slapped Jordan Allen, then then they would have lost that game. They were the 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 Falkirk for game was very similar to the. Sorry, the, the Falkirk-Foffer game is very similar to the Falkirk-East-Fife game in mm. that it was pretty much one-way traffic and it was going to take something odd or spectacular to, to get uh, Foffer back into the game. It, it was something odd. Uh, I mean, Jordan, Jordan Allen has actually had a, a decent start this season again. He, he, had, uh, he scored again at, at the weekend and maybe he can provide the, the goods up front, but
1: I, I feel they're lacking in, in every single area of the park. Did you ever see that tweet that Manchester United put out when, when uh, David Moyes was, was, playing, uh, w- was managing them? Don't think so. It I was poor. Uh, no, no, no. It's like um, uh, for the game against Newcastle, Manchester United need to improve in a couple of areas, including passing, defending, and shooting. <laughs> I was that was I explained that badly. That was from uh, an interview that he gave. Like Moyes says, the team need to improve in um, defending, passing, and shooting. Right, right. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> uh, aye, so I'd, I'd say that's a difficult um, difficult times ahead for, for uh, Stuart Malcolm's team. I say a difficult God, I'm just a monotopilot here. Other games on Saturday, uh, Cove Rangers 1, Partick Thistle nil. Rory McAllister netting at the death. That's a, apparently it was an absolutely shocking game of football, played in terrible conditions. Cove Rangers, not really much better than Partick Thistle, but... Getting that crucial goal and consolidating their place at the summit of League One, you've got to simply say to Mr. Paul Hartley and his team of Highland League cloggers, "Fair play." I, uh, this
0: their highlights lasted about four and a half minutes, and they probably could have condensed it down to about twenty-five seconds. It looked like an abysmal game of football. I've not
1: seen. I've not seen either. Uh, nothing
0: happened. Nothing. Nothing happened until the very last minute. And uh, and with Cove Rangers go up until that point, it was like maybe three and a half minutes of half chances. It was just, I, I mean, I appreciate the game was uh, was affected by the weather. Absolutely. But it looked terrible.
1: No, no, so I Aye. So judging by the reports as well, and I think um, there was someone, I can't remember who was, got in touch after we put this podcast out a fortnight ago. I, I said that it's a... Highland League defence that, that, that Cove Rangers have got and somebody pulled me up for that and I probably got the opportunity to explain what I meant by it. I thought that the the defence, if you look from Cove, from middle to front, it's all like names. They're all, they're all sort of like established players that, that that most people would be familiar with, whereas you can't really say that about the defence. And the, the worries I, I had about them was that they could be got at with a, with a bit of pace and a bit of uh, pressing, something that, that you saw uh, last season. And what I meant by the Highland League term was that they've still they're, they're playing like Highland League players, but in the SPFL. So I think that I should not apologise for it, but probably just clear that up. That's what I meant by that. But and and,
0: and you were because I remember you when you pointed this out last season. You were basing that all in when Steny... yeah, uh, three two, and you felt that the defence was far and away. That the 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 from uh, kind of midfield forward was. Uh, Far above League Two level, yeah. But you thought the the defense was far away the, the weak point of their, their team.
1: It was guys because it was guys like, like Scott Ross and um, what's the Boy Brown, Boy Brown's br- brother Jordan Brown. is it Jordan Brown's brother plays for for Peter It's one of the, the one of the Brown brothers or whatever. Uh, I I just I saw that saw these like guys that are just a bit of cloggers. But you got to say it, it's. Players can get better, and I think that's what we're seeing what, with with Cove Rangers. That, that these these are players who have adapted very well to, 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 to the step up into the SPFL, and then subsequently again to the to the step up. We think Harry Millen, in particular, is a is a player who's got a good future ahead of him. other game, I don't know if there's much to say about this. It was um, Falkirk two East five 0
0: uh, the, the the worst thing about it, was, Well, no. You know, sorry, let, let's not start on the, the negative. I no, start negatives. Uh, I know what you're going to say. Let's let's get it out of the way. The Falkirk's. So I tell you what, my, my issue with, with Falkirk's streaming service is: a, it's 14 pounds, which would make them the. I think only Hearts would be more expensive in the Championship. And I know Falkirk are a full time team, and uh, that the trappings, which are uh, like things, are more expensive to run, and that that's fair enough. But if you are a, an away fan, for example, and you, so if you're an East Fife fan on Saturday, and I don't know how many East 5 fans paid for that. Let's say it was, let's say it was 100. Uh, so you've paid £14 and then you you tune in for that game. And, and the service is pretty good, as in the quality of the, the picture is very good. But you have a, a co-commentator who is so, it's like sitting next to a Falkirk fan in the stadium. So yes. you wouldn't pay £14 to listen to just a Falkirk fan screaming in your ear for 90 minutes. So, and I appreciate there might be some Falkirk fans, and I think a lot of Falkirk fans were embarrassed by it as well, but there might be some Falkirk fans that thought, well, it's like like giving a fan a microphone, so, so that's fair enough. But bear in mind that during these times, clubs need all the money that they can get. So I would imagine that when East Fife next visit Falkirk, that a lot of East Fife fans won't pay for that stream again. They won't pay the £14 because they don't want to hear Somebody screaming, yes, 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 every time Falkirk go forward, or here we go when Falkirk got a chance, and, and so on and so forth.
1: I, I, I couldn't believe, I only watched the highlights, and I, I couldn't believe what I was listening to. I think that the, the Falkirk TV commentators last season were. were for previous seasons, were easy to, to make fun of, particularly when Falkirk were doing badly. You know, there's some classic clips like the the game against, there's a game, fact, a game against East Fife last season where uh, I think it was Aidan Connolly goes down for a penalty and he, does, he doesn't get it. The commentator goes off his head. The one against Clyde where uh, Tom Lang goes through the back, again against Connolly, goes through the back of Connolly and, and doesn't get the penalty. There's all those, those sorts of sorts of stuff. But at least there's a bit of humour to be found there. The, 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 this current couple of commentators, I found that even, Falkirk, so even when Falkirk were doing well, even Falkirk were playing well, the previous commentators, I didn't find them to be obnoxious. I thought, like, easy to make fun of, but passionate. That's, that's why they were passionate in. And in terms of play-by-play, what was going on, good at that. I think credit where it's due, Falkirk. The, the previous comments were good at that. I think the, the main commentator at Falkirk TV is is good at doing that. As the co-commentator is, is, a different kind of obnoxiousness. Where when when he's when, when one commentator is describing and it's Leach taking the ball forward and and Dowdes is moving in and I'm like yes 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 the pair of them talking at the same time it, it's it's unlistenable. And it is it's a huge turn off. And I do think that is something you're absolutely right. It's probably a probably discussion for another another time. But clubs, if if you are streaming, you need to think about the, the opposition fans. Because it's uh, that's the sort of thing that's that just such a such a turn off.
0: Would, would I, I mean you you mentioned that, was it, was it was Albion Rover, Stanish Moore the season? Mm-hmm. And you and, and I think it was just I think it was just two young guys that, that were commentating so you could probably give them the the benefit of the doubt but yeah. they were I think there was, was that a Stenny player that was injured and they were saying yeah. don't put the ball out don't put the ball out I do not put the ball out and as you said now that you are having to pay for things like that you don't necessarily want to pay for it again after you've kind of had your fingers burnt the first time no especially, it, especially from a Falker point of view when it, it, I mean that, that's quite expensive for for a League 1 stream
1: I imagine that you, you're an opposition fan and you you pay like 14 quid to, for a commentator to, to basically insinuate your team are a bunch of cunts for, for like two hours. It's, you're not really going to want to spend, spend your money on that. And it's, it's, it's the type of thing that I think, see, when it's like the highlights, when it was just the highlights, it's a bit of a joke. But now that, that you have got to part, if you the only way to see your team is to part for money, I do think clubs have to be a bit more mindful. Doesn't matter if it's in highlights, fine if you are wanting people to pay money to watch your fi- fixtures, you do have to be a bit more mindful. And I don't know if if that means bringing on an opposition supporter into, into the commentary or, or what that might look like. I don't like. think you have to. I mean,
0: so I watched, uh, I watched Queen of South, Wraith, a couple of weeks ago. The Queen of, South, uh, the Queen of South commentators had, they'd obviously done research about Wraith Rovers. They weren't. Uh, I didn't think they were biased at all mm-hmm. in terms of how they, the game was going. I, I thought they were... They were almost neutral. And I thought they were excellent. So I don't think you I don't think you, you need uh, somebody from the, the opponent side of things to to, to balance things out. I don't I don't think you need that. I just I think you need to wind your neck in a wee bit.
1: <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I think that there's that there's times in this day and age commentary is a difficult thing and I think it's an it's new, new territory for a lot of clubs. And the people who are most likely who are wanting to help out will be supporters. You know, small clubs, we need a commentary team. I'll be in overs. And this is no harm to them. It's two young guys. One of them's even still at school. So, and I know that it will get better. Is the Albion Rovers will get better as it goes on. It will get better for, for a lot of these, these teams that are doing it as they get along. But I don't think, in Falkirk's case, these are the, like, the experienced commentators. I'm sure, I think the second commentator, the co-commentator, might actually be a former player. Sam Mendeveen. I'm not familiar with them, but I think it was something called Sam McGovern. It could be, it could be, but it's just, it's just, you need to be mindful that if people are paying money for it, you've got to think about what kind of service you're providing. But I don't know if if, if people are, if, I mean, as you know, someone I'm complaining about it. It's not the sort of thing that I really want to to spend too much time talking about Falkirk TV commentary. It's because by fans, for fans, you know, that's, that's, what it's, but when it's other people's money, when there's, the winners. Thistle fans and Clyde fans and Airdrie fans will be the ones like having to pay money for it at some point. It's just, it's just not nice to have to listen to.
0: Based on, but I tell you, what, let's let, let's touch on the performance before we, before we move on to League Two. I think uh, I think Falkirk are incrementally better than than last season.
1: Yeah. I think uh, you know something. I, I was think... thinking that as well, Sean. See, that's the game. See, like last season, they'd a lot. They'd have probably drawn, drawn that game last season.
0: Yeah. But, but this, on Saturday, they, they dominated. I think a lot of that was down to uh, Blade Olsen in the middle of the park. He looked mm-hmm. like he, he kind of ran the show. Callum Morrison, again, had a, had a fine performance out wide. I think there's still elements of the team that I'm not entirely sure about. I, I'm not sure about Akil Francis up front. I'm not sure Boys about Anton uh, I, I, What's that? Akil Francis is getting the goals, man. Yeah, no, and, and and I know and, and I suppose you you're probably comparing them to, to what they had last season in, in, in terms of Delta McManus, which is an unfair an unfair comparison because McManus had a, a fine season. That I think Aidan Keener might improve them up front when, when he comes back for his injury. I'm not sure how long he is he is out for. But I think I think as much as Falkirk might be slightly better, I think the rest of the league is has regressed about. I think his fife have I don't know if Montrose will be as good as last season. I mean, Partick's already lost two games. I think Wraith only lost four. Mm-hmm. So they look like they'll, they'll struggle to be as good as Wraith were last season. Can Cove kind of sustain what Wraith what did? I, I doubt it, but but, but you never know. Uh, but you, you would have doubts about that. So... As much as they might only be slightly better, it looks like that would have been more than enough for at this season.
1: And fair, fair, fair play. You know, I, I, again, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I, watched, I watched in the highlights, thought Callum Morrison looked really good. He had, I think he was playing on the left wing. He was up against Stuart Murdoch, who's a very capable uh, League One uh, full-back, and he, he seemed to have really have the, the beating of him. So you've got players like that, it's, I think it'll be a bit of a... Straightforward for Falkirk. I think they'll win the league by about seven or eight points at the finish up. And that's, that said, that's a combination of them being a competent team and the, the rest of the division eh, not. Do you want to take a walk in the wild side and drop into League Two, us let's. let's start with the. Let's start, with probably the champions elect, Mr. Raymond McKinnon's at Queen's Park side, who recorded a 1 0 win over Stranraer with Ross McLean. Netting with just seven minutes to go. What have you made so far of Mr. Raymond McKinnon's Queens Park? They've. I'm
0: not going to say it's it's not expected because we never really talked them up in the summer, but they've they've toiled to their degree. I mean, again, Willie Muir looked like he had a good game. Uh, Thomas Orr for Fisconar, who yeah. I think he started kind of out wide for Fisconar he looked like he was one of the better players on, 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 on the park along with, with David Galt, who was up front for, for, for Queen's Park. And again, I know, I know we mentioned that again in the summer, Queen's Park have made all these signings, but their best player still appears to be David David Galt. He he again kind of ran the show. It, 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 took a, it took a substitution. It took a Ross McLean coming on to, to, to change the game. Who actually, <laughs> but, sorry, who
1: actually came on for Galt. <laughs> oh, did
0: he? <laughs> <laughs> but they, they got a wee bit of luck. I mean, it was a, a shot came in, I mean, it was late on, it was the 83rd minute, I think, mm-hmm. Short came in, Greg Fleming, I mean, he palmed the ball out, he, he, he maybe could have done better in terms, of where, in terms of where the ball ended up, but McLean still had a lot to do in terms of getting the ball from a mm-hmm. right position, cutting inside and then kind of slaloming and, and kind of forcing the ball home, but Strenraer for for large swathes of this game, certainly the, the end of the first half and maybe the beginning of the second half, they were taking the game at Queen's Park and being in mind Strunard, have won? Is it one game since November? Yeah, they won two games for the whole of last season. I mean, they are in—they are in a dreadful period of form, and they've—they've they've carried that over and into this season. And and you wonder if you wonder how much pressure Stevie Farrell is is now under because they—I mean, they were—they were always expected to to struggle in League One because of the the size of club that they were, but they're now struggling in League Two, and and obviously you've got a trapdoor there, so. I, I I don't know. I, I've, I've not read too much about it, but th- th- I mean, this this poor form has now went on for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, I, I was trying to think. About, I was trying to spin it another way. If you think about that, sonara played three games so far this season. One way to look at it is they, they were really crap in the first game of the season against Elgin, losing four one at home. That's just that's just horrendous. You can't excuse that. Then they played Anan uh, Athletic and drew one one, and that was despite playing the uh, the the game. That was despite playing more than 60 minutes of the game with 10 men after Grant Gallagher was sent off for a horror tackle on Jack Perdue. And then you come to this game here and this is holding a team who are expected to comfortably win the division. You hold them for 83 minutes. There's, I know it's a bit of a losing mentality and it, everyone seems to be out of a hard luck story. But with Wistern not I'm a bit more... I don't know how. I, mean, look I, I suppose at, it's easy for me to say looking and then try and make excuses, but if you've watched them all, all like for the last like two years, and it's just been like losing, you've had nothing to cheer. Then that's that's thoroughly, uh, thoroughly depressing.
0: I don't I know. Mean, that, based based on what we've seen this season from the the other teams that are in, like, in the bottom three positions alongside them. So, Albion Rovers look like they are, and I know we're going to come to them, but Albion Rovers look like they are a disaster. Breakin looked. Good at, at the weekend, but yes. before that they look like a disaster. So now haven't they looked like a disaster this season? They've they've come up short. Aye, they they, they had a, a a really poor result against Elgin. You would expect Elgin to be there or thereabouts though at the end of the season. Uh, and I based on that Saturday, as you say, they, they played against a full team team, and for last periods of the game they they pushed them back. And if it had finished all square, you know, if it had finished 0-0 or, or one all, you wouldn't have said that 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 was an unjust result. So I don't think they'll be in any bother. However, the longer this goes, like they have to start
1: getting wins for somewhere. Yeah, definitely. I looked through the team and I, I, I like the, 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 the I like a lot of the business that, that, that Stevie Farrell did. I mean, we've spoken about it. I don't want to go too in-depth because we're probably going to be repeating ourselves. But like Kieran Miller coming in from Airdrie, I think in terms of ball-winning midfielders in the lower leagues, he is certainly one of the best. A great player to just sit in front of the defence and screen and take the ball off opposition and, and give it to better players. I kind of look at guys like, like Andy Sterling, good, but he's had his injury problems in the past. Daryl Duffy, good player, but he's, he's coming on a wee bit. Sean Burns has been a decent player, didn't have a really good success, didn't have a successful time at all at, at, at Forth Athletic and especially at Stennis Muir. One of the worst individual performances I saw last season was 3-0 against Cove Rangers. He was culpable for two of the three goals. And Thomas Orr's coming from BSE Glasgow. And I think in this match, to bring it back to the match against Queen's Park, I think if Orr had shown a wee bit more finesse in front of goal, because there was two occasions. There was one that he got played one-on-one one, um, with Willie Muir, and a great yeah. save by the goalkeeper. But you yeah. think you'd expect a wee bit better from the striker. And there was a bit in the second half where Orr had the ball down the left wing and came in, and he just completely fluffed his cross. like He just hit it. and it all, I mean, it went from a really promising attack to Muir. Just sticking his hands up and and, and grabbing a, a cross, so in in that regard, I I don't know about change. I'm because I quite, I quite like Stevie Farrell and I like the cut of his jib, but like changing the with changing the manager, I suppose that's what you do in these situations, isn't it? If the team's not winning, you change you change the manager.
0: Aye, but then quite it's often
1: in these situations that
0: potentially makes things worse. I mean, I I suspect that Shenran must be wanting where... Far must have a very limited budget. I mean, remember, we 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 suspected that Stranraer would be going down a similar route a while back. Remember, they had the the kind of fire sale, yeah, when they had kind of money worries, and then they, they released a lot of players in January. And we thought they might have reached not necessarily the bottom end of of League Two, but we thought they would have been in big trouble b- before now. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, they probably in a pretty good job at that point in in keeping their heads above water then. But I, it, it, it kind of feels like he's he's been fighting a losing battle. And I mean, Shoma always used to say that they uh, they had a good squad because they they had a good bookkeeper. Presumably, <laughs> presumably that bookkeeper left, and <laughs> they've been paying the price ever since. But but I, they're a, I suppose they're a shadow of the
1: team that they had four or five years ago. I think you've got to you've got know, to you have a bit of credit Queens Park for this. I think Queens Park will be in situation this season. I think it would be the same thing for a lot of full-time teams when they, when they drop down, when, when full-time teams are playing in, in League 2. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's If Queen's Park win games, it'll be, well, well they're expected to win games. What what, what do you want from them? Man? And I think that, like what we were saying about the, the, the conditions at the, the Morton game, the conditions here were absolutely horrendous. And it's sometimes it's not about being a full-time team. Or, or who's who's like technically the better players. It's obviously going to be Queen's Park. It's just all about like just digging in and just fighting for it. And I think you saw that from the reaction at, at Ross McLean's goal. The whole team went off their head for it. And I suppose that's good. it's still I, I would say for Queen's Park in their defence. Like you can see what you like about Mr Raymond McKinnon. You can see what you like about a bunch of like the, the fact that he's a bunch of guys who are Effectively, wouldn't get a full-time gig anywhere else coming down to playing League too, It's still a new team that are being put together. And I, 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 100, I'm 100% sure that there'll come a time in the next couple of weeks, they will take about four or five goals off someone. They're going to absolutely blow someone away. I'm 100% sure about that. Craig Slater came into the, the, the team. He, he's not he's not played much. In fact, I don't think he's played at all this season. This was his first start of the season. He came in, played really, really well. Simon Murray's yet to feature. When he's fitting up to speed, you imagine if he get the service what you think he should get for guys like Galt and McLean and Kitongo and Robson, all these guys that, that are playing at fullback, Mikey Doyle, that, that he he could easily get about, about twenty goals this season. So I think it's I've said it before, but Queen's Park all this season is to just getting out of the division, I think, for for Queen's Park and however that's achieved, if it's through beautifully florid football and sticking seven goals a game past teams or whether it's going down to Stranra one one 0 through a late goal, you know, you, you still win pro- a, a championship's a championship's a championship. You know, you don't get like extra extra medals for it being aesthetically wonderful. It Just you go up, and this is, you know, some we're putting the Queens Park Queens Park are putting the building blocks in place for the season ahead, and this is these are the games that, that where it where it starts. And
0: you're right. I mean, I I was down there a few times when when the Rovers were in League One and and they were at the top of the division in Shranoir were toiling. The Rovers never had the Rovers never had an easy game down there. I mean, they lost at the start of last season then. Uh, did, did we have to go back down there? I can't actually no oh, we did. Uh, went down there and, and drew. So, so, race record down there is terrible, and it is, as you see, it's, it's a difficult place to go, and I, I know that's such a cliche, but it is. It's a, it's a bit of a glue pop, you know, you know, park, and particularly when conditions were as bad as they were on, on Saturday. The fact that the Spiders were able to go down there and, and take three points, it's it might be a better result than than I probably gave them credit for at the time.
1: Definitely, it puts them I mean, I, I, it puts them at the top of the table. I think that's where they're going to stay for for the rest of the season. So, I think, aye, McKinnon will look back in that and just be like, "Fair play, lads. Well done. Let's let's move on to the next one." And that next one is against. Well, it's a, a, a battle of the queens. It's a queen and southern league, and then it's a as Brecon. So you know, fair and fair enough them, that's uh, sorry no it's Elgin beg your pardon I'm talking shite see I can't read soccer base properly Sean that's that's that, that my problem that's my problem one of the other uh, the other game we want to look at is I would say this is perhaps I think this is the most interesting game of the weekend certainly wasn't the best but it was the most interesting for me it was Albion Rovers nil Brecon City two this was just a uh, this you talk about like horrendous games this would be the dictionary definition of a horrendous game. Seeing so you watching the highlights on Brunhedge TV. The park seemed, the, the, the pitch seemed to get worse the longer the highlights went on. It started off looking quite ropey and then it became more and more and more and more like a cut up and, and looking like a, a, some sort of a horrendous paddy field as it went on. However, full credit goes to Brecon City for pulling the win to Fantastic goals. Have to say, goals! Both both goals were excellent. One from Lully Macavara and the other one uh, from Matty Todd, uh, either side of half time, secured the win for uh, City. It looks like they made the right decision to bin off uh, Mark Wilson through last week.
0: Aye, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean is, that, is, that, is that purely what you think? What you put it down to? I mean, is is it just that they were playing a, a similarly? Potentially even a worse team than themselves for the first time this season. I mean, see what I hadn't really what I hadn't really noticed when we were I was talking about breaking city uh, earlier season, and I was talking about what a young team they had, the, the fact that their team was full of teenagers. The Albion Rovers team on Saturday, they the back four, so uh, Finn Eckerpont, left back, nineteen. Yeah, dang, uh, it was Joshua Burke, centre half, eighteen. Uh, Paul Allen, centre half, twenty. Uh, Sean Fagan I think was right back 20 I mean and they had in front of them there was other teenagers playing in front of that back four so if I mean we touched on how young Breakin's team was and that probably wouldn't be good enough Albion Rovers are in the exact same boat Yeah
1: we did that in fact I'm sure uh, last time you and I were on we went through the the, the teams when we we compared them in terms of in terms of ages so I I think it's you, you would have gone into that game thinking. I wonder what I wonder what, what Peyton did. Peyton would have only had one training session with them on the, the Thursday. And Jerry McCabe, who's a very well travelled coach, I think he's certainly been assistant manager at a number of places. I'm not sure if he managed was he in charge of Dumbarton at one point, Jerry McCabe? Possibly. He could have been it's pressing, pressing a buzzer. But I I you don't know what if what Pete you know I think too much can be put on managerial team talks. It all just comes down for win. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier there about it's just about fighting the battles and trying to win from us for the highlights that, that I saw and the highlights don't really give an indication of the game I thought that, that Matty Aitken up front for Albion Overs looked as though he was trying to do his best and bully defenders didn't, didn't, didn't you, come off a lot of the time as you've as you already
0: mentioned though he he's, he's a kind of he's, he's a willing trier
1: mm-hmm. and he's got talent but he's not a goal scorer no no <laughs> And that's the, that's the problem, especially when you're up against like the, we mentioned the two goals, like, like uh, Mako Vora's goal, it's Gregor Johnson, I think he drops the shoulder to take it past that and I'll be an overstriker and plays like this 50 yard ball into the channel. Mako Vora takes it and you can't really tell what happens because there's a pull <laughs> right, in the middle, right in the middle, but he seems to flick it over, flick it past Sean Fagan, and the finish is really good. I think he just hits it as hard and as high as possible.
0: It looks like it. It looks like it bobbles, because when I was watching the highlights, I was like, right, so so this is just bobbled. So presumably he's not going to control the shot very well. But I it almost felt like the bobble aided them. But it was there it was a fun, the way he kind of guided it, uh, kind of curled it uh, past the keeper and into the kind of top right hand corner. That was a. Brilliant finish.
1: Ah. And I thought it was beat better by Matty Todd, who picked up the ball in the middle of, got past the ball in the middle of the park, took it with his right, then cut cut him back inside in his left, hit the thing from twenty-five yards and it just absolutely rocketed into the net. Uh, you know something? I think they're the kind of goals that see for, for the team. Like like you talk about like what, what the type of goals you concede or the type of goals you score if it's a really like what am I trying to say here? if you see something like see see you are see you're playing in a game and it's a really important game and you're chasing a lead and the other team scores like it's like a, a rocket like a 30 yard shot that goes in and suddenly it's like well it's not going to be our day because the type of goal that is scored i think wonder what the effect would be for like for like um, for Todd and for Marco Vora and for the rest of the team that are seeing these like absolutely Stunning goals going in. What that must do, like to to, to lift the team spirits. I know that we're talking about Queens Park earlier. A goals, a goals, a goal. Doesn't matter if it's scored for forty yards, if it's scored for like a tap in the heads or of someone's off for one yard. I think that that those type of goals are the ones that just raise everyone. I'd love. I reckon that the breaking uh, training this week will be absolutely like like buzzing. Can't wait to get it going. And conversely, I wonder out what it's like at Albion Rovers. You know, both teams would have looked at that match on Saturday and thinking, this is a must-win game. We need to win this. We need to win this. And this is the thing that kick-starts the season. This is just puts that wee bit of daylight, that wee bit of distance between us and the bottom of the table. And the fact that it's Breakin' City. And I'm, you know something, I will. I'm delighted that it's Breakin' because they've been given an absolute fucking kick-in for, for, for weeks now. I've been Years. Of it Years. Years. Three years, but particularly, I think that Brecon are held up as the club that is everything wrong with the SPFL, this, this old boys closed shop that, that no, no one, all these ambitious and progressive clubs are looking to make inroads into, but they can't because the teams like Stuffy Old Brecon don't want them there. The fact that, that, that Brecon are, are that, people who have even been to Brecon, people who can even point you to Brecon on a map would be, I don't like Brecon City because because of what happened last season. And the fact that the season finishes and it stops, like Celtic uh, or Brora having the opportunity to come up, and that sucks. That sucks. That is not all down to Brecon City. Don't they, they, they might be the emblem for it, but but don't don't go blaming them. So I'm very very pleased uh, for for, for Brecon, and I hope that I hope that it does lead on to, to to better things for them. But if, they if be, that's Brecon, what about what about the Rovers? What happens next?
0: Uh, they they're going to be there or thereabouts all season, aren't they? I mean, they. I mean, I know you. I know you said that the that the highlights don't necessarily tell the the kind of story of the game, and and, and you're right. And that it was it was Brecon's highlights. So so they so they may be partisan, I suppose, at Hedge TV, but based on those five minutes or whatever it was, Brecon looked like they could have won by more. And I think I think why that's particularly surprising is that based on what we'd seen previously, I mean, those Edinburgh but Brecon highlights. I, I mean Edinburgh scored five they could have had they could have had double figures yeah. I mean it was as a net a performance I've seen at that level potentially ever and the fact that they could turn it around with, within a fortnight and look like the dominant force against Albion Rovers I mean I, I'd, I'd essentially written breaking off almost mm-hmm. in the back of that performance against Edinburgh because they were so poor
1: but, I, You uh, know so they, I'm looking, looking at their next fixtures uh, Breaking, they're, they're at home to Stirling Albion and this is Stirling Albion are, are, are quite a quite a handy team you know they beat Annan at the weekend then it's the big one I'm sure there was uh, another Twitter account that was saying this match should be televised <laughs> Brecon City versus Celtic
0: <laughs> All of Scotland is interested to see how that one pans out Imagine sticking that in the telly
1: Imagine how many people would would, would, be, would would want to watch it. Fucking no, nine. nine nine people. But that's what and I've said it before. But this is I hope Breaking hope Breakin can do so. They probably won't because Kelty Hearts are a right good side. But I do hope that that can do some of like that and don't be the emblem. But I do agree with you. It's going to be these clubs. are going to be a long, hard season for both clubs. And I think it's just get those little highs that come. Those, those little mm. victories. Do your best to to to, to build on them do your best to build on them and, and just try and uh, get that bit of momentum that can move you away from the foot of the table. But you're right in terms of what you say about the squads, both very similar in terms of a handful, probably about two or three experienced players in each team. And the rest of it's all fleshed out by these teenagers who are probably, might not be good enough. Anyway, we'll take a look around the other, the other games. Um... Edinburgh City beat Elgin City one 0 Battle of the black and whites, battle of the cities.
0: I mean, I, I, I did wonder if maybe Elgin could challenge Queen's Park this season, but no, I, I, I don't think they're going to have it in them. But I, I, I think again they'll probably play uh, the play the bridesmaid and, and end up second.
1: Aye, I, am not not, 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 not not sure. Not sure. I don't I don't really fancy Edinburgh this season. I think it'll, I think they'll be about fourth or fifth this season. I Don't know why. Can't put my finger on it stalling Albion one and an athletic nil. Uh, i think it was Andy Ryan that got the goal in that game fair play i, I think, think
0: that's a, that i think that is i know that sounds ridiculous, but i, I thought that was one of the more surprising signings of the summer i thought andy that, ryan i thought ryan can play at a higher level and I, I think he'll i think he'll score a lot in league 2 this season
1: 100% 100% i agree with you i think that if you're, you you know if you're a player who's going from full time football down to part time you would say it's you would drop down like a step, to, like he was to go to like an Arbroath, Alwa, for instance, but all the way down to to to, to Albion. I don't know what the personal circumstances are uh, or how much how much money he's on there, but I think he'll be he'll be a really important sign. And I do think that him and uh, Declan Byrne up front, who who had left Albion over to to join Solihull, being summer, so I do think they've got the makings of a good partnership. I uh, just a really a really clever football player. Someone you can see just just up here the intelligence, the movement, the the speed of the runs away. The uses his body. Aye, very impressive. And last of all, it was a won one, muir one. You uh, d- did you watch all of this game on YouTube? Yes, I did. Coundenbeath Blue Brazil TV put it up on on YouTube free of charge, which was fair enough. Uh, it was it was three it was the first time they've done it. I think to begin with it was it wasn't an easy watch because the camera was the camera wasn't pulled back enough to get a sense of the match. So it zoomed quite in a bit. So if you imagine in a game between Stennismure and Cowbeat at Central Park in a shite uh, weather conditions the ball's just going to be lumped from back to front so the camera was constantly jerking out and it was actually really difficult to watch. However, the second half went on, the camera was a lot wider and the movements were a lot smoother. It was easier to watch. I would praise as well the commentary team on Blue Brazil TV. I thought they were very, very good. I think it was two Cowden fans as well, but it was just knowledgeable, um, you know, unbiased Going back to the point we we're making about Falkirk, just aye, easy to listen to and and told, told you what was going throughout the game without it being uh, overbearing or or, uh, or irritating. I think for Cowden, I think that even the game itself, I think one-one was a fair result. It was a, a really really bad game of football. You can talk about the weather conditions, and I think at the start of the match, if the two captains had gone up and said, "Listen, just want to give it, make it one-one, and we'll just pack up for the day." But everyone would have been aye, fine. That's fine. That's fine. We'll just just, just pack it there. Uh, County B scored um, towards the mid- mid- early doors in the second half. Uh, it was, I think, it was a, a poor piece of play that allowed um, the. Forgive me. I need. To, I just need to check who the striker was for. Allowed the the striker to to break through and goal, and he finished at the near post. Dennis this I've got a goalkeeper, uh, Paddy Martin, on loan from. Uh, Hibbs who's come in, uh, G- uh, Graham Smith's out for a, uh, for, for a wee bit, but I, it was Brad Smith, Brad Smith actually had a good game, came down the left and finished uh, from close range, but then right at the end, uh, Robbie Sinclair, uh, the goalkeeper who they've counted have got on loan from St. Johnston, dropped a cross, <laughs> simple as that, he dropped a cross and a guy, uh, some guy called Cammy Graham, who plays for Stennis Muir apparently, I'd never heard of him, um, he scored, just tapped it in. No idea who this guy but generally, is. Generally, you've never heard them. No, I've never I've never heard of him. I had to, I had to check the scores. Cammy Graham scored. Oh, good, good, good for him. <laughs> but he's um Steny have signed like a clutch of young players. It's a, I think I'm sure we've spoken about this before, but Steny's squad going into the season. There's about fourteen, fifteen experienced players, and the rest of it's all made up from teenagers. So what Iron seems to be doing is giving the teenagers a shot, turn around, and this time it was um Cammy Graham's turn to have a shot. Uh, so, I t- took his chance because we've got guys that have come on: Josh Grigor, Chris McQueen, Paul Brown, Jack Hodge. All these guys that are uh, that, that are all the stars. On. Oh, all the stars! What I would say though is, there's a guy Stenny. I've got on loan from Hibernian. A guy called Callum Yates at left back. I don't know if I spoke about him last time, but I think he is one early days. So, whole man, and say that one of the best left backs I've ever seen at the Warriors. <laughs> Crikey. So that's that is that is a bold statement. That's a bold statement. But he's just he's tough. He gets stuck in, he's really good at going forward. The number of times he's up against Graham Taylor, and Graham Taylor's a pretty handy uh, right winger. But the number of times Taylor was looking to try and just drop the shoulder and, and take the ball past him and he got just got it nicked off him uh, each time. So I just enjoy Yates while, while we've got him.
0: That's uh, that that feels like a, a another comprehensive roundup of the lower leagues. Do you know what, Sean?
1: I think I said this to Fowler when we were filming on Wednesday. I think I said that to Fowler. We need someone to steady the shit. We need someone to keep us in line because otherwise we just we just end up talking for, for, for ages. We try to keep it six games because six games is just something <laughs> nice and you can, you know, five minutes in this game, five minutes in this. Like a nice 35 minute podcast. Two and, well, and a half instead minutes. we've to touched on everyone. Right. Two and a half minutes from the start to the end for a wee bit of a chat, then five minutes on each game nice nice and simple but no 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 not when not when big big man McGinnis and uh, and, and Craig Gordon Telfer are involved nah no that's the other way we work. far too much to say for ourselves I think that's it we can go and cr- crack on and watch the rest of this Rangers game they're beating uh, Benfica 3-1 are they? yeah man it's, it's, it looks like it's been a quite an interesting game but like I say uh, you can hear that from people who actually give a goddamn about Benfica uh, big teams in the Europa League you won't find that here we are jobbers talking about jobbers and that's the way it will stay probably probably forever <laughs> I'd imagine so can't imagine, imagine imagine Stennis Muir got into Europe he'd be terrible
0: I uh, you know something I, you, you know when Fowler's maybe like asking round like you saying anybody available to like on a Monday to, to talk about a Premiership game i think to myself maybe, maybe I'll put my name
1: forward and I think what's the point He's not I've done it before and he's like nah he just goes he just goes with the usual suspects. <laughs> and I said listen I'll I'll watch I'll go in Y Scout, I'll watch Livingston, you know? I, I can watch <laughs> I'll give you my opinion on um Julian Serrano or
0: you know? I, I, I could watch Michael O'Halloran. Yeah. He plays for he used to play for Rangers. I've heard of That's him. Right.
1: Yeah. There you go. See. Sign me up, coach. <laughs> put, a, put me in, coach. I'm ready. Uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe not just now, Sean. So we will stick here. Uh, I'll see you next time. Whoever Rovers are playing, up T K F C or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Some of these names. I don't know. Anyway, listen. Thank you very much, Sean. And uh, thank you. Uh, and thank you to all the listeners. Remember, yeah, uh, I think this is, this is going out free. Uh, it should be. Uh, and so, yeah, just if you if you like what you've heard and you want a little bit more, subscribe to the Patreon buttons. You could buy a cup of coffee. For the amount of money you could, oh, I don't care. I don't care. I'm, 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 I'm done. Uh, thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something
0: that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.